I was just a few pills away from ending it all. And then something happened that I will talk to you about right after this. That's what it is if they cause you to rewind. Sometimes you keep praying. I wonder if y'all heard me or not. My bad. I didn't know the mic was to the side. It's been such a long day. And I was not going to go live until, um, I don't know. Something was like, girl, woman, you need to get, you need to get live, go live. Um, and so this is what happened before I made it to this place that I'm in now where I know what a healthy relationship looks like. I know what love is to includes and it is not supposed to include. Before all that, before this woman who you hear in these lives, before this woman right here today that you've met, who you hear on Healing Pain with Proverbs, before this woman that wrote, it came to pass, before this woman that wrote, dying to submit, what about my daddy? Before her, there was a girl who, even though she was older, this little girl was running her life who had never been healed. And so before her, that girl, that person, the former me, was in one toxic relationship after the next. And not just in love, like romantic love, in friendships and in family. I put a post up on YouTube earlier today I don't know if it was earlier today because I scheduled it. Whenever it was, let me take these off. Whenever it was, it was saying, what would it have been like if when you were a child, you didn't have to deny that you were mistreated and then wonder when you get older why you can't set boundaries because you were taught that love was covering up people's sin and mistakes and abuse and mistreating you, right? And so when you grow up with these, these mindsets and these mentalities, you can't figure out why you let people keep abusing you. Then you transition into religion where they teach you that being abused is a form of glorifying the most high. And it's a misinterpretation of love. So that's who that girl was before today. Toxic relationship after the next. So toxic. She ends up in her apartment. And I'm talking about myself. And I remember the rug being a little bit hard. And I remember there was this window and if I walked over to the window, if I looked up like this, I could, the ground was up here. And so I would see people's feet walking by cause my apartment was like down below. And I don't even know how I, I was able to afford that apartment because times were really tough when I was in college, but they didn't have any dorm space for me when I first started. So I had to get an apartment. And so one night after being in a terribly toxic 
relationship with this guy in college, terribly toxic relationship with my father. I get a phone call and I get some news that broke me. It pretty much broke me. Then I called somebody to help me through that destructive thing, period. And this was the toxic relationship that I was in. And he destroyed my heart, you know, and made me feel worse. So I had this box, this like brown box bed, and it was like the box frame, but I couldn't afford a mattress. I remember I got the box frame from, I think a flea market or something like that. And I had enough money to get the box frame, but I didn't, there was no mattress there. So I was like, I'm gonna get the box frame. Maybe I can get a mattress at another time. And so I got that and I never ever like got a mattress when I, when I was, when I was in that apartment. And so I threw a bunch of covers and a comforter on there and I would lay on this really hard box. So I'm sitting on that box. My feet are like scrunching in the ground. I'm crying. My tears are dripping from my face. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm thinking of flashbacks of being molested, which I talk about when it came to pass. I'm thinking of, uh, I'm having flashbacks of the times that I've let people do things to me and my body um, that I didn't know was happening and then it happened. And then it was like, is it too late? Do I stop this? Do I go? Like what's happening? Um, countless relationships and family being guilted for confronting their sin that I didn't know was sin at the time. I just knew, Hey, I don't like when you do this. It makes me feel really bad. And then I would say something and then it was like turned around on me at this time. This girl, she didn't know nothing about counseling. She didn't know nothing about real love. She didn't know nothing about boundaries. So that's this girl. The devastating news comes. I call the person for support. And the person just tells me, you're such a weak woman. You're so weak. And so with everything I had been through in my past, not getting any help, being incredibly unhealed, trying to just figure out how to do life in college, that news compounded with what that guy did to me in college destroyed me. And I figured the only way out of this is to end my life. Like that's, that's going to be it. Um, you may have heard parts of this story, but I want to share with you what this story has to do with where I am today. And so I had this cup and I had this handful of pills and it was this toxic liquid. And I said, I'm going to take this toxic liquid with these pills and I'm going to end it all because I thought that love wasn't supposed to destroy you, but it's destroying me. And I didn't know it wasn't love that was doing that. It was toxic people that was doing that. And I had the cup and there's a, a full length like body mirror, one of those little long mirrors you can get from like a Walmart or something in front of me. I'm looking at myself, get ready to end my life. I take the cup, I take the pills, I put the cup up to my lips. And I believe this was like one of the very first times I heard the most high, go turn the radio on. 
go turn the radio on. So I'm like, okay, go turn the radio on. I'm I'm about done. I I don't serve a purpose. Nobody really needs me. Love is destroying me and there's nobody to save me. There's nowhere to turn. There's nobody to talk to. I can't connect with anybody who can help me get out of this. And I'm hearing what I believe is the most high, not audibly, but just within my spirit. I don't even really have a relationship with him. I grew up keeping the Sabbath. I was a seven day Adventist every Saturday, Friday to Saturday, faithfully, we kept the Sabbath. Um, I went to church, pray all that, knew of the most high, would even talk to him sometimes, but didn't really have a relationship. Only, only asked him for something when I was in a jam or I made a mess of my life and I didn't know what I was going to do. And now, Hey, can you help me? So when I'm sitting there and that's happening, turn the radio on. I don't, you know, like, okay. So I'm like, I'm about to end it all. I guess I can turn the radio on. And I might get a cop, a little copyright strike thing for the, for playing this song, but I want you to hear the song that I played, at least just a little bit of it. The, not the song that I played, the song that legit came on the radio. I will never forget this. I might tear up when I play this song. <sighs> because when you feel like nobody's coming to get you, he is. When it's like school, when you're waiting for your father to pick you up, that never comes. When you're singing in those concerts and you're looking in the audience for your father or your mother to be there and they're not there. When everybody else's family done came or parents done came and yours didn't. It trains you to have an abandonment issue and think nobody's ever coming to get you. And then like we talked in, uh, about in Healing Pain with Proverbs... You feel like the accuser comes and reminds you. Ain't nobody coming to get you. Go ahead and do that. Take take it. End it now. Ain't is this don't get better for you. It's oh it can only get worse. There ain't no way out. It's not changing. Nothing's getting better. And that's what I'm hearing. I knew that wasn't the voice of the most high, but I hear the voice of the most high before I swallow this toxic liquid chemical. Mix with these pills, turn the radio on. And this is a song that bleed.
So I might get a copyright strike for that one for playing a song, but I, I don't care. Um, not a strike, but they'll just take my monetization from this video, maybe. Um, but I wanted to play that song because I'm sitting there literally about to end my life. Like, this wasn't a joke. I wasn't playing. I was ready to go. I had been through so much hurt and silent suffering and abuse that nobody really knew about, um, which you can read in my novel. Um, a, a lot of the story, everything is not even in, in there, but a lot of it is in there. And by the time I get to college, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a pill away from, from, from ending it all. Like I am like, I'm dying daily. I'm just like walking dead spiritually, physically, emotionally. And so I, this is one of the first times, because I heard the most high before that, like once when my, my big nana died, that's in the novel. And then when that happened, um, that was definitely like the second, probably the second time that I heard the most high that I can like really remember. And I go turn the radio on and that song plays and those lyrics spoke to me. Now at that time in my life, that wasn't my life. Like you won't defeat me. Um, that's what I told the storm, even though your winds blow. I'm going to still make it out. Let there be peace. Now I can say, it's like, that wasn't who I was yet. I hadn't even given my life to the most high yet. I, I just didn't. And so right before I turned that song on, I sent my mother a text message and told her I was about to take my life. And then I turned my phone off. And while my plan was, I'll, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, you know, not having wisdom yet. This is. This is the girl who you didn't know today thinking I'm going to play the song that I believe the most high is telling me what you just heard. And then I'll take my life. I'll obey. I'll do that. And then I'm out. So I play that song and I am bawling. When I tell you bought like the lyrics, it was as if the most high was speaking to me, telling me foreshadowing what was going to be my life. You won't defeat me. You won't defeat me. I felt defeated. And so I listen to the song. I cry. And then I hear. I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, what? Now I'm like scared. You know, I had roommates in college. They weren't there. And these uh, paramedics are banging on the door. And they come in. I can't remember if I opened the door. I don't think they busted down the door because I probably would have had to pay for that. So I think I opened the door. It was kind of that part was kind of hazy and it just rushed in and they're going down my mouth. Ma'am, ma'am, did you take the pills? Open your mouth. Open your mouth, ma'am. Oh, let me see your mouth. Like, cough up. Did you cough? And I'm like, <coughs> no. Like, what? I'm freaking out. Like, how did they get here? Like, how did they know I was about to take my life? How did they know my address? And how did they get here? And the time that I played the song to the time that they arrived, my mother was in New Jersey calling the police to come and stop me. So I believe the Most High had me stop and listen to that song, not just to minister to me, because my plan was I was going to go. I was going to do the song, then I was going to go. I was going to end my life. But I, I believe that not only did he want to minister to me, but he was using that time to send me help. So 
the paramedics come. They're sitting there with me. They're like, your mother's on the way. She called us. She told us that you were attempted to take your life. And what is going on? We're here to stop you. I'm shaking. I'm like really shook up. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm embarrassed because I'm a college-educated woman who no one knows me to be this heart sick. They don't know. I don't look like it on the outside. And that's how you can really be fooled to think that someone's okay because they look good on the outside. And so um, I had been like an like AB student, you know, one of a uh, very, very few, maybe two out of my family that made it to college. I had won journalism scholarships, awards, you know, all kind of stuff. And here I am with paramedics going down my mouth trying to see if there are pills they got to pump out. It was embarrassing. I wanted to just go and be gone. And nobody would, there's no embarrassment or ridicule that I have to face because I'm gone. Now I have to face it because this song that I just got ministered by or to with has held up the process and now these people are here my mother you know jersey was is like two hours from philly and she got there in like 45 minutes she was like speeding like speeding down the highway like she didn't care she she got there and she comes in and the paramedics are like man we have to take her to the uh psych ward she tried to take her life. We see the pills and the toxic chemicals she's about to drink right here in her room. My, my mom's like, please, please don't take her. Like, please, please don't take her. And I'm looking at my mom like, I don't care. They can take me. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, if they want to check me in, if they want to say whatever they want to say about me, however they want to diagnose me, like, I'm not even going to fight it. I'm that broken. I am at the lowest, absolute worst I have ever been in my life. I don't care anymore. My mom's looking at my face and she's like, please tell them, like, don't go. Fast forward, I knew in her mind, she's like, once you get up in this system, they might try to drug you, do all kind of stuff, and then your mind might not really be right. You're, you're hurting and you're distraught, but let's figure out another way besides letting them check you in there. <coughs> and so the paramedics are like, ma'am, it's routine that when you call us for something like this and we see this, we have to take her in. Like, we can't just leave her there. She's a threat to herself. And so my mom's like, but if I'm here with her, what if I take her? Like, if I promise to watch her and keep her, um, can, you, can we not do that? Can we not go that route? And it was like two guys and one woman. And the woman was doing most of the talking. And the woman tells my mom, okay, um, we'll let you take her. But it's your responsibility to watch her like around the clock. Because if she's already attempted to take her life, she might try to do it again. And that you're going to be responsible. So the paramedics like, we are not supposed to do this, but we're going to leave. But you need to get her help. You need to get her help. So my mom is talking to me and she's like, what's going on? My mom at this point does not know I have been molested a few times. My mom at this point does not know a lot of the very foolish decisions I made in my life with men. 
my mom at this time uh we were taken from her for a few years of my life in my childhood uh, a nice bulk a nice little chunk of my childhood she didn't know the different things i saw when i lived with her and when i didn't live with her she didn't know the pain that i felt from my father being addicted to crack and saying some of the things he said to me destroying me from the inside out she didn't know what i was carrying she didn't know how broken i was because i didn't look like it my grades didn't look like it and my accomplishment intellectually accomplishments didn't look like it didn't look like it and so i didn't really want to talk to her about all of this stuff i'm like mom you know i don't really want to go into detail but i'm just going to say i wish she would have just let them take me because at this point i don't care i know i have time left at at temple I know that at university where I was, I know that I have time left and all that, and I'm about to graduate soon, but I don't care. I just don't care. So she's like, come back to Jersey with me. Let's just figure out what we're going to do. And she calls the school, the university, and they say that they have um, therapy services that the students can go to because things like this tend to happen with students in school and it's absolutely free to all students. So my mom's like, you need to go. I told the school what happened and they're saying it's a requirement. Like in order for you to even like attend your classes again, you have to go to therapy at the school. And I'm like, okay. So I go, the first guy was not a good match. While I was talking, he kept looking at the clock. He was checking his watch. Like I was holding him up. I was like, this ain't gonna work. I didn't know what I know now about that. I just knew I want, if I'm gonna get help, I want it from somebody who really cares about me, who's really gonna try to help me. So then I went to a second person. That didn't work. They just wanted to medicate me and give me medicine. They didn't really want to talk to me about the issues that I was dealing with. And I did try the medication. Felt really good. Like, oh, you can feel like this? I didn't know. I've been living with so much pain my whole life. Heart pain. I didn't know you could walk around and, and be numb to it. Because um, I didn't, my father was addicted to drugs. And so in seeing how he behaved and the things that he did to me, I didn't want to become addicted to drugs. So I never used any kind of like um, drug or drinking to numb my pain. I numbed my pain by working really hard and trying to do my best in school or um, trying to get people to love me, like trying to get them to not hurt me. Like that's what I did to numb it. Like you're abusive, but let me try to make you not be abusive. Like that was me back then. And so the third person I meet, uh, the third therapist that I go to, I will never, this woman changed my entire life. I sat down with this lady and she didn't use these words, but I believe the most high used her to give me the revelation I got when I left her office that day. And the revelation I got was love is not supposed to destroy you. Love is not supposed to destroy you. That's not what it does. And I was like, it's not? No. She said, no, that's not love. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that when people mistreat me and I try to tell them to stop and they turn it around on me, it's really not my fault? It's really not your fault. This is new news to me. Are you serious? I'm serious. That's unhealthy. Okay, but I heard that it was family over everything and that loyalty is letting people hurt you and shutting up about it. That's love and loyalty. No, she said, that's not love and that's not loyalty. That's dangerous. And that's why you're here. 
That's why you ended up about to get ready to take your life. Oh. I knew that, but people kept telling me that I was wrong. And I didn't have enough self-worth to listen to myself. So I talked to her. I worked through some things. I learned about different techniques to heal without using medicine to heal from depression anxiety and hurt well one of the things i learned along the way and uh because i worked with that therapist for a little bit but i did a lot of the work on my own like you you really have to be the one committed to change in your life so i bought uh, so many books i started studying so i'm in school for journalism but the same workload just about that i have to get through school for journalism to get my bachelor's degree is at the, the same magnitude and I'm trying to learn this world called counseling and therapy in the mind and the heart. I'm like, I'm blown away. Nobody ever told me this stuff. I didn't know that there were names for these kinds of people. I didn't know there were terms. I didn't know that this is someone, something that someone is intentionally doing because of this mindset. Versus someone not doing this, but because it's something that lives in them that makes them do it to you. I didn't know what these things were. I didn't know different personality types. I didn't know temperaments. I didn't know. I didn't know. I just didn't know. I'm like, why didn't they teach you this stuff? Why is this, why is this not a course in high school? Why they don't teach you this stuff in middle school, high school, like they teach you how to drive or they teach you math? I wish somebody would have told me. I didn't know. So I'm exhausting myself because I want to be healed. I want to be set free. I never want to go back to that place on that carpet with that box brown bed frame with no mattress ready to end it all with that cup of toxic liquid and pills. I, I didn't want to be, I'm like, I'm, I'm on the other side now. I might as well stay here. And so we work together a lot, but... I did the really, really hard work, a lot of it myself, by buying books, by reading them, kind of creating my own papers of what I read. I would make my own forms to figure out my feelings based on what I read so I could keep track of what was happening to me, what was going on in my mind, what this might be connected to from my childhood to today. And by the time I graduated with my bachelor's degree in journalism, um, I fell in love with, like, I, I gotta, I want to know more about counseling. Like I should have went to school for this. Now I'm a great writer. I got awards and all of that. Um, but I'm in love with this. And so I graduated, I get my bachelor's degree and, um, and I end up saying, I want to go get my master's degree in counseling, but faith-based counseling because a lot of the techniques that I was reading about and learning depended heavily on a lot of medicine. And I, I was like, when I read the scripture and by this time I had ended up giving my life to the most high, like after I graduated, um, about a year and a half before I graduated with my bachelor's degree in journalism, I ended up giving my life to the most high. So all these therapeutic principles I had learned when you, when you added them to the most high, my mind, I was, my mind was blown. I was like, this is where they got it from. It's all in this scripture. It's boundaries all over the place. It's true love all over the place. 
But religion teaches you to be abused often, to keep forgiving, and then don't balance that and temper that with the importance of repentance. And so I'm like, it's already in here, but they're not teaching it this way. I wonder why. This is where this realm over here got it from, this secular realm. And so all this time, I didn't know what the most I was doing. I didn't know why he had spared me. I didn't know why he had saved me. I didn't get it. I'm just, at this point in my life, this was, um, this is 2022. This was, um, this was over 20 years ago. So at this point in my life, I don't, I don't know what the most high is doing. I'm just living my life to help myself. I didn't know what I was going to become. I didn't know where this was going. And so I try to get a few jobs in the field of journalism, even though I love counseling because I didn't have a degree in counseling. So I couldn't get jobs in that field. My degree was in journalism, but I was like, I'm in love with counseling. So I end up becoming a teacher. Again, didn't know y'all was going to use that skill set even to help me, not just with my own homeschool, but with what I do as for a living today. So I taught middle school and high school for many, many years because I'm like, I don't really want to do journalism anymore. And then I signed up for a master's degree program in faith-based counseling. And I also was became an ordained minister. I actually got ordained. And so I did that program. I finished it with like flying colors. They were like incredibly impressed with my thesis that they brought me before a board to tell me how amazing my thesis was. And that thesis became this book, Dying to Submit. I wrote this book. This is based on my thesis. Um, at that time, I, I, wasn't under, I wasn't aware of the Hebraic roots and I didn't really understand like who I was at that time. So a lot of the language in that book is when I had a Christian mindset, but it's still an amazing book. Um, and so I published that book. I graduate from getting my master's degree. Also published What About My Daddy? Because the guy who had put me in a in the state that I wanted to take my own life before I called the guy that I was with was my father. So what about my daddy was showing me when my father came to get me that night, my mother and my father have abandoned me, but the most high will take me in. And he took me in. And so I wrote a children's book, the what about my daddy book right there. And then I did dying to submit after that. And um, then I'm like on the way to figuring this out. I get my master's in counseling and I'm like, i got to help people. I got to like, you know, I did my, my practicum and all that. And I worked at a, um, for my practicum, I worked at a shelter for teen pregnant single mothers and had to kind of counsel them every day just to kind of learn the ropes of what to do. And they were like, you are, you're like a natural at this. Like we don't even really like, they weren't supposed to do this, but they were just, after like sitting me with me for about two times, they just let me counsel the girls there without sitting with me. I don't think they were supposed to do that. They even told me they weren't supposed to do that, but they did that. And I learned a lot having to figure out, okay, when the room gets really quiet and awkward, how do you know when it's time to let them cry versus say something to them? What do you say? You don't want it to be insensitive, but I was there. I was right there. I may not have been a teen single mom, but I knew the pain. I could identify with the pain. I had been there. He had brought, he had allowed me to go so low in my pain. It was very easy for me to know what to say 
because I had been there and I knew what I would have wanted to hear. And so I get my, I finished the practicum, I get my master's degree. And then um, around that time I started having babies. So I'm trying to like get my feet off the ground and stuff like that. But when you have babies, you know, you can choose to put your career first, but I chose to put my children before my career. And so while I was home with them a lot, the most high would send me people like random people. I've talked to you about some of those people in healing pain with Proverbs. Like they would just call me and just ask me to help them. And it wasn't counseling. So I thought, um, it was just me helping them. I didn't have strategy yet. I, I didn't have, I hadn't like started like a practice. So I didn't have the administrative side down. It's a lot of administrative and ethics and code and morality and this, and that's a lot of that stuff with that. And so I didn't have experience in that yet because I was home with my children. But when the most high would send me these people, I would just talk to them and I would work with them and help them. And each person he sent me was like a different class that he was giving me to be able to then in the future make this what my business is. I didn't know that then. I just knew I wanted to help people. And so I worked with countless people um, for like not a penny, like not a penny. I'm just like, you got my phone number. Now I don't even get my phone number out anymore because I just, I'd be exhausted and people would just call and I would never like have a break. So I had to learn the hard way. Stop giving your phone number to people. You got to set a tone and have some order so that you can practice self-care so that you don't get burned out. But at that time, I didn't I didn't know that then. So people would just come right in my life and call or text or whatever. And then I would just be there and I would just be available. You know, I, I had a hard time saying no to people at that time. I had a hard time um, setting boundaries with people as far as I'm not available. I can't talk to you today. I want you to try to figure that out on your own. I'm new at this. I'm learning the ropes, right? And so um, then I was ready to use my own techniques and approaches because I had worked with so many people who had taught me so many things, good and perceivably bad, but that were good training. Even though some of these experiences were negative or hurtful, such amazing training for me to be able to discern what I need to discern today. And um, I ended up helping a lot of women and married couples like silently, like people that you might even know today. You might've watched them before on YouTube. You might like, and never said a word, never just silently, never even took a penny. Just did it out of just a pure passion for wanting to see you get free from that, right? I had to learn the hard way. You know, passion don't pay your bills. So I'm gonna need you to get yourself together. But I think that the most high was um, in that training. When you're getting trained by the most high, that is, to learn a skill and practice a gift that he's given you, it's not about you getting paid. It's about the experience. So at that time, I really didn't care. Then when I could have gotten paid for it because I have the credentials and the degree and the background and the experience, and I've written books and this is to all kind of stuff like that, I didn't want to take money from people. I was like, this is... This is something everybody should be able to have. So I don't want to like take money for it. And that is the dilemma I had with doing counseling. Um, because I, I'm, I'm kind of with counseling. I kind of just feel like, you know, I'm just at a different place with counseling. Coaching is different because coaching, I'm not helping you necessarily heal from like trauma. 
and stuff like that. I'm teaching, giving you tools and principles to help your own self get through certain things instead of me doing it like with you on an intimate level, like a counselor would. Um, and then with coaching, like I said as well, I can set the time frame. With counseling, you can't set the time frame um, because you don't know when that person is going to be done with what they need. But with coaching, I can tell you up front, this is 17 weeks. This is what we're going to do. By the time we're done, this is where you should be. And then I can take rests and pauses because I know myself that I know myself very well. I've learned the hard way several times working with people before this was my business. Um that you cannot overextend yourself like that. You can burn out to the point where you can't even effectively help people. And so in helping all of those people silently, not saying anything, not taking a penny for it, just really doing it. Um, then I got to a place where I was like, okay, now I just take an offering. No, I did take a fee for a little while. Then I was like, uh, you know, I still was battling with not feeling comfortable, even though I was doing um, coaching that was a little more infused with counseling. And I had to learn again, you know, you got to step out of that space. When the most high sends me somebody to counsel, I do it. But with coaching, that's my business. That's not like a ministry or anything. Um, and I think some people get confused because I'm a woman um, who is like after the most high. They think that what I'm doing is a ministry, like it's ministry based. Um, and it's not what my business is, is my business. I my, do my business to make a profit. I don't do my business to exhaust myself and then be in the negative at the end of the day. And so some people can't get that. They don't know what a woman of faith looks like who also was an entrepreneur. And so because I talk about the most high, they assume that I should never charge for anything because I talk about him. And that is frustrating sometimes. Um, but I give of myself through like healing pain with Proverbs. That is like a form of a spiritual healing for people that I offer. Healing pain with Proverbs is obviously it's no cost for that. That's free. Anybody can watch it. I show up when I need to. I'm diligent. I study for that to give you what you need. But my business of coaching is not as uh, spiritually based. It's just a woman who knows the most high who's running the business and the brand. And that is where some people get like, well, why are you charging for this? Um, I thought this was ministry. No, my business as a coach is not my ministry. The ministry activity, I don't even like the word ministry, but the activities I do to give back to the most high for all that he's done for me is a list on ZaraHarrison.com slash help me. Those things I do do for free. And it's no cost attributed to that. But I am an entrepreneur and I'm a businesswoman. I got to make money to pay bills. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And so the coaching is my business. This is where you're learning tools and techniques. And because I'm a woman of faith, I will seek the, I will petition the most high with you. Um, it's just like if I had a, a store like Walmart, but I'm still a woman of faith. I still, all my products are not free just because I know y'all. And so I provide tools and assistance and I create pathways for people to help them get to a place they feel like they can't get to on their own by setting up self-care principles and learning about toxic people and all these things that they don't know, that they can't go to school to learn, that they can't necessarily like invest in getting a degree in in order for them to know it. I use a degree I already have and help you know what I learned through the tools that I offer. And so... Now the true child partner journey is here and it, this is an extension of my business 
where I'm going to be able to reach more people. And I'm so excited because in addition to what I already do, there's going to be um, a brand new tool that I call the True Chart Partner Journey. That's a tool that I'm using to help people meet a lot of their self-care goals. When I say self-care, I'm talking about people who were like me, who didn't know that love isn't supposed to destroy you who didn't know what certain uh, the names of certain behaviors and traits were, who didn't know that that's destructive. And if you don't set a boundary with that and try this kind of boundary, it can destroy you. I know because I was there and almost did it to myself. Um, the true try partner journey gives you all of that, but then I match you with the partner. Because one of the gifts that I'm really thankful um that the most high gives some of his people, um, is a, a extra portion of discernment. And with that, you're able to see things in ways that other people may not see, or they may not see it as fast. And so I want to partner people with other like-minded people based on certain traits that I've learned along the way in uh, the field, getting my degree um, so that they can walk alongside someone else because the group format, I won't be available one-on-one with each of each individual person. They will at least have three sessions with me within the year. Cause it's a year long, um, intense. Well, I won't say intensive. It's a year long journey, um, that we do. Um, but I can't be one-on-one with every single person. And so when asking the most high, like, how do I, how do I meet this need? Not because it's a ministry, but because I ask you for everything. That's my boss. You know, you know how the scripture says you have, you work for your earthly boss, but then you're really working for the most high. I consult the most high because that's just, that's who I work for. You know what I'm saying? In anything, in any business that it would be. And so I'm like, most high, how do I, how do I accommodate more people? Because that people <laughs> reaching out to me and I don't have, I'm only one person. I can't meet all of these needs. And the truth child partner journey is the idea that he gave me. And I'm so, when I tell you I'm so excited about the truth child partner journey, it is, it is the thing you've been looking for when you started to learn what love was not. And then there was nobody there who understood you. There was no partner you could call that got it, that got what you said. There was no person to like hold your hand as you walked along this journey and held you accountable. Like I wish I went through all of that stuff alone physically for the most part, the most high was with me by his spirit because he was training me. That's why I was alone for the most part. Um, he was, he was using those things to sharpen me, to shape me, to get a lot of issues off of my heart so that I would effectively be able to help people. Um, in that time. And a lot of the times where I didn't charge, it was, it created humility in me. Like, are you still going to be as passionate about it, even though they're not giving you what you really worth? And I was, it was like, I, I, I love that. I want them to be healed, set free, whatever. Um, now with the truth tribe partner journey, I get to do all that, but for more people and on top of that, match you with someone who gets you who gets you. I have a number of systems that I've used over the course of a number of years um, that have been like tried and tried and tried and tried and tried that I've used in my own life on how to discern who I should hang around, who I should not. And um, I'm going to use that same system that I've developed 
to help match people that submit their information. So I've been getting people's information um, and I'm like really excited to see some of the responses. We've only, this the wait list is right now. We're only on step one and I'm reading some of these responses and I'm getting like, yo, I already, I haven't sat with the system to see like who to match, but I already like feel you would be such a great match with this person. Like some of y'all who, who submitted your information don't even know you have somebody that's already waiting for you who gets you, who is like when I say like-minded, like so like-minded, and then you'll get to work with each other. And it's a whole pathway journey that I've created for 52 weeks, about 39 of those weeks, I will be in the sessions. Um, but 52 of them, like it's going to be really, really transformational for people. And I believe that there are going to be lifelong bonds created out of this process. Like you're not only going to be able to practice the self-care that you need to practice that if you're dealing with anything toxic in your life sometimes you feel guilt and shame for trying to do the right thing and hold people accountable um you're gonna have someone that you partner with that i've matched you with based on a lot of similar similar traits and you're gonna be able to have them you won't be alone like you don't have to do it alone anymore and that's exciting for me i hope it's as exciting for you and um, we'll have group sessions that are 90 minutes each where I'll show up and we'll do some live coaching as a group. And then you will have things that you're going to do with your partner that I've created for you to do. And um, man, listen, when I tell you I'm so like, I'm really I just, I'm, oh, I don't even have, have a word for it. I feel like the most high has been preparing me for this moment. I know life is crazy. And, you know, I've talked to my husband before, like, I don't even know what's going to happen next with this life in this world. But the most high said, you're supposed to keep moving forward until he come, until he do what he do. So I'm just, I'm moving forward, you know, and until he does whatever he does in, on this earth. But, um, I'm so pumped i'm like amped like when i get your forms i get happy ask my husband i'm like oh, i'm so happy and then i read it and i'm like look at this like and i think of somebody else's form and i'm like oh i'm already my mind is already working like already for some of you some of the people who have submitted their information so the truth tribe partner journey is my coaching business it's a element of my coaching business so i do boot camps where i work one-on-one -on -one with people and then I have the Truth Tribe Partner Journey, which is brand new, which is an extension of my bootcamp that I'm going to offer to a group on top of the partner matching system to help you take better care of yourself, your soul, your heart, so that you don't have to do this thing alone. You don't have to feel, you don't have to get into a conversation like I did in that story I shared earlier with my father and feel destroyed. And then there was nobody to call. Like some of us have people to call, but we don't feel better when we talk to them or we may feel a little better when we talk to them, but they may not be equipped with certain tools to help us know how to move forward from that conversation. And so I have those tools and I'm ready to offer them to this specific group who gets selected because I can't, obviously I can't work with everybody because then I'll be drained and I want to make sure I can give a hundred percent. But I'm going to really be intentional about sitting with that list and making sure that I'm really selecting who really needs to be in that uh, year one of their true trial partner journey. So if you haven't already, there's a link in the description 
where you can submit your information because the waiting list closes and I think I think seven days it closes. And once it closes, you can't um, submit your information again until next year. So make sure that you submit your information and then you'll get next steps. Um, other than that, I did want to share one more thing that is really saddened me. Um, really saddened me. I got... I might tear up. I want to read y'all something because I got, I had a comment from someone and I, and I actually shared it on my YouTube community tab because I was like, wow, this is amazing that you used. remember the video I did about denial and I gave you all the assignment. Um, this woman was like, I'm going to take this to my family and I'm going to do it with them. And I want to read you parts of her comment. It was really, really long. So I'm just going to show you parts of it. And then I got like, I was waiting to hear her update. Cause I was like, when you do the assignment, let me know how it goes. Like send me a comment on the board. I was telling a few people this on YouTube community tab. I asked you as true tribe to respond and tell me like how it went. And so I was waiting to hear how it went. Cause she was like, we're going to do this on our Sabbath. Um, I'm going to do this with my, my, I think she has two or three younger daughters and their children. And we're going to really do this. Like, thank you so much for this. And then I, I got some jaw-dropping news for me that I was in the middle of a meeting and I just happened to check my phone and I, 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 had, I literally had to like get my composure together because I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But this is the um, part of the comment. I can't read it all. And this was from Salt and Light Sister. And she said, Coach Zara, shalom to you and your family. I missed your live, but I'm so thankful I had the chance to see this today. I saw it exactly when I was supposed to, first thing in the AM. This video was like manna from heaven after the week I've had in my family. Praise Yah today because of the sound of your voice. We all sat down as a family and listen to your words and for the first time ever have a real action plan on how to break this cycle and begin to heal. We are all going to do this assignment on Shabbat this Sunday. I cannot thank you enough for your obedience. I would really like to learn more on how we can do a live coaching session. We have the roadmap, but I think having some regular sessions would absolutely give them so much more perspective on how to grow from this. I didn't mean to go on so much because it was a way longer message, but this is just the part I'm going to share. I didn't mean to go on so much, but I had to let you know what this has meant to me and my family. I put off approaching you about your counseling, but now that you, um, but now that I know I have been in denial too, I'm convinced it's just time. I can't put this off any longer. Thank you for all that you have done to help stabilize the body of Yahushua so that we can make ourselves ready for his soon and imminent return. And when I read that, I, I showed it to my husband. I was like, wow, look at this. Cause it was a really long message. And when people send me stuff that long, most times I won't say every time. Um, Cause sometimes they have different motives, but with a clear intention and motive, a pure motive, I'll try to sit with that for a, for a minute. And I really sat, I read it, and I really like took it in. 
And I thought about it before I responded to her because I was, I was so happy to hear that news. So I'm waiting for her to get back to me about what happened because this is exciting. This is the first time that y'all have had some kind of assignment to help you on the path, like a roadmap. I wanted to hear what was going to happen. And I was like, I hadn't heard from her. So I'm like, what happened? Like, where, where is she at? And then I got this message. Coach Zara, I don't know if you'll see this, but if and when you are ever able, can you and your family lift us up in prayer? Salt and light sister Rudia Hadassah was my mother. And when I read was, I just froze. I'm like, was doesn't sound good. What do you mean was? And just passed away last night. I am the oldest daughter. You don't know how much your video and assignment was a blessing to us. Right before the Most High called her home. We are praying ourselves that he will give us peace and comfort in this hour. Thank you and your husband so much for all of your encouragement through song and videos. It has truly helped to get us through these challenging times and that broke my heart I don't know her personally or her family personally but this uh truth triber who would leave comments so unlike sister it was always so positive it was always so encouraging and um she would just leave a comment and I would just be like oh that's dope and I would just respond back to her and so when she responded with that comment about how the assignment was like, they all sat down as a family and watched that. I'm like, that was, I didn't know that exchange was going to be the last time that we had an, an exchange in the comment section. I didn't know that. And it hurt a lot because I don't know her. But like I said, when people take the time to send you a comment and be positive and support you and be like, thank you and share how what you're doing is helping them, it's an encouragement to me because someday there is really difficult to get up here and do this and get, you know, certain attacks on your life because of that. It, it can be very, very discouraging. And so she's one of the people who was very encouraging to me. So I just wanted to share the message her daughter left because she's asking that, you know, you will lift up their family in petition to the most high um, because their mother is now gone and she's left them behind um, her. She has adult daughters and grandchildren. And, um, you know, I wrote her daughter back in the comment section and everything. And I'm just like, man, like I was a little messed up for like about a day and a half over that. Because she, she would send my husband comments too and just be really supportive. Like, thank y'all for this. <laughs> I needed this. Um, this helped me today. Or just share stuff. Like retweet. My husband's on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. Um, but she would just share stuff. And she was just so encouraging. Like salt and light. She was light. Salt and light. It, it, I don't know her personally. But as far as the social media communication was that was my experience with her in that way um and so if truth tribe can just ask the most high to help her um family that she leaves behind that would be awesome of y'all to do that 
So I just wanted to share that. I don't want to end on a sad note. So I will also give some <coughs> good news. My younger brother came all the way to Africa to see me. I'm so excited about that. He's downstairs right now. I'm about to finish this live and go down there with them. I think we're about to go out to dinner. It is, ooh, it's really late here. I didn't know it was this late. It's way after 11 p.m. Um, mm, so I don't know what we're going to do. But, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I'm excited that he's here. And um, I'm excited to talk to y'all today is exhausted as I am. It's been a long day. And I'm just making sure that I don't, I don't forget to tell y'all anything. Um, if you want live alerts of when I go live, you can click the link in the description and, um, it'll take you to the telegram channel. Whenever I go live, I will do my absolute best. Cause I don't ever know when I'm going to go live, but I have the app like right here. So I try to remember, I have a sticky note right here on top of my light. Like remember to, to let them know. So you can click the link in the description. If you want to get notifications about when I go live. And the link is also in the description if you want to submit your information to be uh, considered for the uh, Truth Tribe partner journey. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I hope that this message has inspired some of you. I just wanted to share you share with you a little bit of my backstory on why I'm so passionate about what I do, why I don't play with it, why it's really serious to me, and why I take it very seriously, and why I only want to work with people who take it just as seriously. Um, so that you can see that yeah, people can look nothing like what they've been through, like nothing. And I think that is very common in society to assume that because someone looks like they have it all together, that they ain't been through nothing. That's just the most high keeping people, his people, so that it doesn't look that way. But, <coughs> excuse me, forgive me for coughing in your ear again. I'm trying to work on this cough. But I'm author, counselor, and coach Zara Harrison, helping you remember that love doesn't lie or expect you to live one so you can get free and stay free from toxic mindsets and relationships. Because why? Love is wisdom. It ain't foolishness. And wisdom is healing. All right, y'all. See you next time. Peace. They always told me love's supposed to suffer long. I looked it up in the lexicon. It say that suffering actually means the act of being patient. Have I been patient with you? And who is to decide when long is long enough? And what do I do when I feel I've had enough?